Moyen, Scott Brown here from Let's Talk Sport. I'm privileged to be joined by Anton Agassi and Mr. Jordan Hicks, or can I call you Monsieur Hicks as it is on Monsieur, your Instagram? Monsieur Jordan, however you want it. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's show number 148 on Wednesday the 22nd of November here. We're going to go a bit rogue today, and as opposed to being more of a domestic-based team, we're going to base tonight's show on the uh, well, the greatest movie and sports scenes uh, that we've certainly seen, and I'm sure this will spark plenty of debate to any of our listeners coming in. If we don't give movies that you think you know deserve a spot on our list, then uh, obviously please get in touch. But just on the subject of uh, show number one four eight, um, I guess we'll start with uh, world rankings. Number one four eight in the world for football. Who is it? Any ideas? Luxembourg. <laughs> Harsh, it's not it's not it's not far yeah, yeah. it's not not miles away. not miles away it's um botswana okay which is obviously in southern africa sandwiched between namibia and zimbabwe uh and in the women's game who is ranked 148th in the world no idea no clue. I didn't think so okay it's tajik's Tajikistan, okay, which Where's is in central. Is okay. I'm about to tell you. Let me finish. Okay? <laughs> uh, it's in Central Asia and it's bordered by Afghanistan, China, Kyrgyzstan, and Uzbekistan. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Done my research, mate. Another number one four eight. What is Pokemon number one four eight? Are you into your Pokemon cards? Because oh. I'm not. So I just thought it'd be random to throw one in here. When I was younger. Oh, no, man. I don't know. I missed the Pokemon. It's a Pokemon. Pikachu. Both, my brother, both my brothers were crazy. <laughs> yeah. They had the cards, they had the games, they had every, the films, everything. Hey, the Game Boy I, games were oh, oh, the original epic. ones. Yeah, the original. Yeah, the original. Ones, yeah. yeah. Um, it's Pokemon. It's called Dragonair. So there you go. Oh, Pokemon number know. 148. That's definitely useful knowledge. On the, uh, <laughs> on the subject of, um, of, uh, of 148, okay, there are two places in uh, America, I'm going to say. There's a place uh, called Lena in uh, Leak County in Mississippi, which has a population of 148 people. And then there is also a place in Canada called Cochin, which has 148 as its population. And it's a resort village in the... Canadian province of Saskatoon, I think's how you say it, but it's spelled like Saskatchewan. Uh, Saskatchewan, that's what. I, that's just. I mean, north of Minnesota. If I'm yeah. not wrong. Oh, there you go. I mean, yeah. I always thought it was Saskatchewan. So. Yeah. Well, I'm sure <laughs> Saskatoon. Yeah. It's, that's on grown-ups, isn't it? Where that, the Canadian, yeah. the Canadian guy's got the really yeah, good yeah. rig. The, and he's the, like, the you're from Saskatoon, eh? Hey, yeah. Like speaks like with a really squeaky voice. Yeah. Uh, the Canadian yeah, accent. Yeah. Uh, they basically Canadians quite easily to understand. You just yeah. basically say "a" hey, after every sentence. And, and <laughs> I, the, the, I can't get over the Canadian French sounds so silly. I'm sorry to any Canadian French speakers out there. It is oh, it you mean from like people from like uh, I definitely Mon agree Montreal with that. So or weird. Montreal? Montreal. It's so weird. Like I listen to them talk. I'm just like this can't be real. No, I spent some time with some uh, hockey players from Montreal or something like this, and the accent just yeah, I can't can't understand like obviously <laughs> jordan you you love your basketball you're lucky enough to do it as your career but like when you say hockey players i was lucky enough to play um sevens with a load of canadian boys and they okay. love their rugby yeah. but then when you get onto them again about ice hockey and stuff yeah. it's, it's just a completely different gravy like they they just absolutely love it don't they oh yeah oh, it's, a, it's a whole culture and the culture is in minnesota as well so i mean you go there you hear the they have their own language basically and yeah, it's a it's a whole thing they're competitive isn't, isn't and that where um have you seen how i met your mother it's not where marshall's from the tall guy yeah he's from minnesota yeah he's like yeah. the shortest in his family and he's like he's like <laughs> yeah. he's like six foot five and he's, he's the runt of the litter yeah but just, hockey's religion in minnesota so you gone against? I played the wrong play sport. Basketball, huh? Yeah. What if you'd have played ice hockey? What position would you have been? 
well, I think uh, enforcer. That's what I said. I don't yes, even know. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing guys around. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. Um, you're just on, on the subject of the 22nd of November. Uh, just a few ones for you. In 1910, Arthur Knight patented the steel shafted golf club. In 1986, 20 year old Mike Tyson became the youngest heavyweight in boxing history when he stopped title hover. Trevor Burbick in the second round in Las Vegas. Lionel Messi in 2014 set a new school, uh, new uh, goal-scoring record in La Liga of 253 goals. And this is arguably the most important fact yeah, I have is. ever talked about on this radio show. 2003, the fifth Rugby World Cup final at Stadium Australia. Fly half Johnny Wilkinson lands the winning drop goal in extra time to beat Australia. 2017, it doesn't get any better than that. Watched, uh, this would be like, I'm trying to make this relatable to you, Jordan, in terms of basketball. This would be like going two minutes of overtime and hitting the clutch shot to win. Um, okay. Let's grow up basketball's greatest prize. Forgive my ignorance. Sorry, but NBA championship, yeah, yeah, exactly. NBA title. Yeah, there exactly. you go. In game seven. Game seven, like, like MJ, yeah, yeah, flu game or something yeah, like this. Yeah. That, so. That's what it. What's up there? And I mean, this is He's, he, that's the thing, Every 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 clip you see of like um like uh, English rugby, there's always Johnny Wilkinson knocking this. over the drop goal. He um I watched a clip on uh, Instagram recently. It was his was it game against France. I want to say was it at that World Cup where he slotted like twenty one points. Or twenty four, no, twenty four points. Basically, all the points England scored was from his himself, yeah. just knocking over three need, points. At what? Need to see a highlight reel of this guy. He basically, um, I mean, I, I could sit and talk to you about him for hours, <laughs> but he basically sort of changed the the concept of how you approach goal kicking in terms of the process you go through and he he came up with this process where he would he was left footed as well which is you know most kickers are right footed yeah and it, but he had this stance where he would like almost like sit in a chair like this and he would get into this position okay um and obviously when you watch someone like that yeah. it's it, you're like what is he doing but it goes over every every single time and then you watch um, more and more kickers and stuff over the years. They all, every, everyone went now. They start to do the same stuff remember, like that. I remember as a kid. Obviously, I I play a position where I should never be kicking the ball ever. It's but, just let's just but, say kicking isn't one of your fundamental <laughs> no, exactly, skills, right. you know. And I remember just being at training when I was like I don't know seven eight years old, just going like this, like ready to kick a ball, just like Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah, he's yeah he's but legend. It's, he's you know it's you go through a process and stuff, and there's so many brilliant brilliant clips there's one where Lucas Aid did a obviously you you have the rugby poster kick over Lucas Aid did them um, a campaign where you know practice doesn't make perfect practice makes Johnny and he was uh, kick, kicking it through the eye of the needle and then Adidas did a brilliant one where they got him and David Beckham because they're both hot property yeah. and they both met up and Beckham was teaching Wilkinson how to do free kicks and then Wilkinson was teaching Beckham okay. how to kick a goal. And it's just, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but um, I could sit and I could do a whole podcast on Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> I think you win. should. That so might be episode, yeah. If you're wondering what Scott is like to Luxembourg rugby, he is the Johnny Wilkinson of <laughs> yeah. Luxembourg There we go. I've obviously well paid him to that's, say that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, oh, my boss now, so that's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> give, me a, give me a raise. But, um, obviously, we said, they said this evening it's uh, the greatest sporting scenes in, uh, in movies. And I just thought, obviously, coming up to Christmas, bit more downtime and stuff we are going to sit there's a few films you'd certainly favor and watch and if we can 
you know open people's eyes and, and they can go off and watch it and think yeah that's worth watching then then why not but Jordan just before um, we we were, we really crash into this just give us a little bit of overview um, about yourself and um, we, we're, we're going over trodden ground here before but how have you ended up in Luxembourg where you're from what you're doing and and from the right now? Uh, from the great state of Minnesota a uh, city called Rochester um, uh, yeah I played college basketball at Loyola Chicago and it's division one and after five years there i came over to france and i haven't left i've been uh this is my 11th season now so i'm getting up there uh in years but i've been in luxembourg now for four years going on five and yeah, i wouldn't change a thing uh, happy to be here and found myself uh yeah kind of a, a good life in was luxembourg there, was there any culture shocks when you first came here definitely like, Definitely in France. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't speak French at all. You know, bonjour. Oui, oui. <laughs> yeah, oui, oui, merci. <laughs> Mademoiselle. Yeah. You know, like this. And and then, uh, you know, having to communicate with teammates yeah. that also didn't speak English yeah. uh, or French and just learning like that. Yeah, just end. straight into it, you know. Yeah. And uh, coaches scream at me and I just, I, I, I don't understand what's going on. I don't speak but, uh, French. No, yeah. No, no, no. no, 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 no not, not that you speak like, uh, like that, you know. But, <laughs> no, but then I had a, I had a, actually a Serbian, Serbian teammate who didn't speak English or French and he was our point guard. So, you know, a point guard yeah. has to be more vocal. So we would literally have to communicate with hand signs so you know he's <laughs> navigating me and the rest of the team with hand signs you know we're like you know trying to understand each other and it took a little while to get a <laughs> get the chemistry get a, yeah, chemistry, chemistry going there going. but yeah we learned french together and after that you know that's that's my brate you know i learned a little serbian i won't say it on the, <laughs> i won't say it over here for viewers but why is why is that always whenever you learn well, you start to learn language it's always swear words first like the essential yeah. breaks it's, down the barriers it's doesn't it? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's easy he, yeah. he's got a mate um in uh in camp as a french guy he doesn't speak french the other guy doesn't no speak that, that's not true <laughs> <laughs> when we first met when yeah, we okay, first now, met okay, okay. Yeah, now yeah, exactly okay when they go. first met neither of them could communicate with each other and they are okay. best mates yeah. they, they right. literally they've got the same like very niche mentality and humor yeah. and they just click and neither of them can communicate with each other but they just do it yeah. like seamlessly but now obviously when whenever he comes to town he'll stay with me and mm -hmm. a conversation i will speak in french and he'll speak back to me in english because he okay. he wants to improve yeah. his english but you will not hear him speak a lick english at camp around boys because oh. he's okay i guess he's not embarrassed but very not very confident when it comes to That's speaking the key things. To it, yeah. but then when you get a few beers in, oh, then it's <laughs> the English comes out yeah, from the, with the oh, accent. Yeah, was it <laughs> Rossi as well? Another Wolfgang uh, guy. He was. Um, I'd never heard him speak English. No, before. I know. Neither had I until ne after a match. Literally, and then, yeah. And then we were at the uh, after match sort of um, the function. Function, yeah. And um, one of the Austrian guys came over, and f half their team was bloody English. They, yeah, he's coming over. He's speaking to me in English, and Rossi started talking to me. I was like. I looked over there. I was like, someone, "Where have you someone, been hiding someone, that?" Yeah, someone video this. Someone, <laughs> exactly. video. someone get this on camera. Honestly, <laughs> but, the most French guys ever meet and speaking English. Yeah. As uh, as 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 we said, it's uh, we're going to start things off. Um, I'm going to start things off. First film I'll go to is a film called The Replacements. Okay, it came out in 2000. Keanu Reeves. Um, basically, all the NFL teams have gone on on strike. Um, and so they have to basically get in what they call scabs, you know, guys who are prepared to work for a lower wage and, and undercut them. Um, but these guys are all guys who were really good college players, but 
you know, for whatever reason, that the, the story behind Shane, uh, the Keanu Reeves, Shane Falco, is that he was the hot property and then played in whatever you call it, the Sugar Bowl, whatever the, the bowl is, you know, at the end of college, the big game, yeah, yeah, okay. and basically fell apart and then never basically never got drafted um, and then they have all these guys who are very unique uh, there's like a, the, the goal kicker is Risa Fans the Welsh comedian is and he's like just a diehard football fan and he you know smokes and boozes but my <laughs> god he can kick a ball yeah. uh, like you've never seen and then they've got one guy who played like a bit of, bit of junior college but now's in SWAT team and stuff so basically loves giving people a hide in and you know going around smashing the guys with the red shirts on the not men to touch um, testosterone yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> but there's a very powerful bit where you know they, they play their first game and they lose and then they have the meeting in the changing room and they uh, the guy says to him you know what what are you afraid of and you know something like our oh, spiders and you know stuff like this but then they go a bit deeper and the guy talks about something called quicksand uh, when you're playing and what he talks about is when you're playing and something goes wrong and then another game goes wrong and then it keeps going and we, we've all been there when you mm -hmm. fight against it and you just you just can't get out of it and it's like a very binding you know very very binding yeah. moment for the team because like he's expressed his what he's afraid of when he's playing and stuff like that and it's i think it's, you can relate to it as a oh, yeah. as an athlete you know we we like to say that we're you know, well, ultimately we like to say it all goes perfectly, but it doesn't. But you can think back to your earlier years when you have fallen apart at some point and then you try and you try and reflect yeah, on it. Everything's going wrong. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've had games before where first line out, miss, awful throw. Second line out because now the pressure's on because the first one, you got the enemy, uh, the teammates um, giving you sort of like, don't mess this up. You've yeah. got the other, the other team going, oh, well, let's have this one straight this time. You yeah. Know? Mate, and then next line out awful. Next, oh, just and then you just crash. Everything falls apart. Um, as soon as your confidence goes, it's just sort of snowball effect and all, yeah, mental. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but you've, I think, thing. I think you've got to go. You've got to have had that disaster at some point to realise. Oh, yeah. And then Sorry. if you can get a grip on it, um, learn from it. That's the, um, you got to take from it. What's it? Um, I was listening to what's it? Owen Farrell, the uh, kicker for for England uh, in rugby, and he, he says he tries to approach so no matter what happened last kick you just forget it like you so each kick is your first kick so it doesn't matter if you've missed five in a row it doesn't matter you just that it, none of that is going to affect your next kick do you know what mm -hmm. i mean realistically it's all in your head so none of that should affect how you approach the next kick the next pass the next throw whatever um so yeah, something I should live by, but it's so it's, it's all it's all <laughs> talk, and then suddenly yeah. you have to. But do it's, it the, it's 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 an interesting thing because as a kicker, or you know, if you're shooting three free throws or something like that, you have a process that you go through. Yeah. But I know as an older as an older athlete, you know, we we bring in that gamesmanship element, which isn't against the rules, but you know, it could be me just chirping in your ear or saying something that's going to get you a little niggle. Um, mm. and you know even with kickers I've had loads of stuff done to me being like is that the mark you sure that's the mark it should be further back than that that one I've had guys when you're lining up and they all start doing this and they all start leaning I've never seen that yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> you've, you, you've got you've got but they all know it as well so there might be nine or ten of them in the team all start leaning so yeah. you're like this you're looking up and you see these lads and you know they'll they'll try anything yeah. to, um, mm -hmm. to to you know to try and knock see, you off no. and it's 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 all part of it, isn't it? Yeah. It's the fans too make it a whole lot of fun. I saw that there was a video of um, so the South African New Zealand Rugby World Cup final and Geordie Barrett. There, there's a 
group of South Africans watching it on TV and Jordy Barrett steps up to take a penalty and the guy picks up the TV when he kicks it in. And he's actually tilting it, yeah. Tilting yeah. The TV. Like it wide. And the kick goes wide. Yeah. It's so good. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and the people say like, oh, thank God to this this man for, for saving For saving it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about yourself, Jordan? Where would you start things off? You know, sports movies as a um, for a fan to go and watch? I mean, definitely remember the Titans. That's certainly, you know... That will never die, that film. No, it's no, that's, a very powerful film. And it's yeah. a true story as well, which makes yeah, it Yeah, true even... story. And, you know, about obviously a lot of history with segregation and, you know, racism in, yeah. in the US and all that. But, you know, Denzel Washington is... He's a, he just doesn't do bad films, yeah. does he? No, never. And he's just got a commanding presence on, on screen. It's just like anytime he has, you know... Uh, a scene he's like you're focused and you're you know just locked in on everything every word that he does every motion every at least for me you know it's just incredible and you know where um the there's one specific uh scene where they're getting they're all getting them ready to go on camp go away and everything leave their parents and whatnot and the team captain he's all american oh god gary bertie yeah gary bertie he comes over you know just straight up confident as ever looks Denzel in his eyes he's like yeah you know we got our people on you know offense and you know and on defense you can have a few uh few of um your people here but we don't need any on you know on defense any of your people he's like okay okay and he, <laughs> he starts clapping you know looks at the all the parents he says hey everybody give a round of applause for you know what does he say Jerry and Dean uh you know a couple I think it's a comedian um, group and you know it's like Jerry tells the jokes and yeah Dean gets the girls and plays the music and, and he comes and he looks at him and what is it that he says uh, who's daddy isn't yeah, it? yeah it's he's, so like, good, he's like look at your mama he's like get a good look at her because once you get on that bus all you got is your brothers on the team and you got your daddy <laughs> and now you know who your daddy is right <laughs> he's like tell me who's your daddy who's your daddy <laughs> he's like you are yeah. <laughs> what, what I'd love to so, see is it's not something that you see as much of with those older films is how many times have they had to have a go oh, at filming something yeah, you know, no, a, a, a scene, scene like a that, scene like like that just, just to get a, it yeah uh, most definitely like <laughs> yeah no but obviously yeah remember the Titans it doesn't get any uh, good film if you've got Hangover as well actually you know very, yeah, very yeah, good easy yeah. to go and I mean just like the culture of that film I know growing up playing football for me we did all the dances, you know, the, we are the Titans, every football game, even up until to high school, we still, yeah, we did try to do little chants like that or with the linebackers, you remember the strong side, left side, yeah. you know, and guys get, you know, pushing and, and hel- helmet button and everything like that just to get rowdy. This, that movie is, yeah, iconic. Yeah. It's funny because we're going to sit there and then probably another one will pop in and be like, oh, what about this? Be like, how did I forget that yeah, one as yeah. well, you know? Anton, what you got for us? I've got the first and only film I ever cried to, The Blind Side. So good. So, what's Definitely that? Sandra Bullock. Um, yeah. Michael so, Orr. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's a f- like, it's such a feel-good movie by the end. It's, I don't know. It's Unfortunately, I'm going to put a down on it. I see there's something come out recently yeah, that it yeah. wasn't, all hunky dory in terms of the endorsements yeah. and the money Michael? made off it and stuff like that. Really? I think I think they made a lot more money than than he did. Uh, he he, he, also he said, did. I think what's his name, Michael Orr. Yeah, the the player. He said it wasn't accurate as well. So really, I don't know what happened in real life, but still a good film. I though. mean, it's it's a bit cliche, but it's that it's that American dream, yeah, isn't it? Because he's good, he's he's uh, he's gone from nothing and then you know obviously gone to yeah. the gone to the top. But it's a very well 
very well done yeah, movie and it definitely does does hit pretty yeah. heavy you know because i think it's the guy he's very good friends with doesn't he doesn't quite make it to college yeah. and then ends up in some sort of gang life and then unfortunately is, right, is yeah. killed um off the uh, off the back of it now i'd be doing a discredit if we didn't talk about old uh sylvester sloan here and talk about you have to the you know the, the rocky <laughs> the rocky anthology i mean where do you start? Because the first one is, because it's the first one, it's just not well filmed, but it's still got, you know, a hell of a story behind mm -hmm. it. But then, obviously, the second one, Carl Weathers is amazing. He, I love that bloke, mate. He's yeah. uh, he's so good. And then, you know, when, when he has, the obviously, the epic fight, which we've all watched a million times, and then into the third one, goes against Clubber Lang, you know, and then the comeback. And then you think, right, that'll can it. and be like, no, no, we'll go and do a fourth one. And um, Dolph Lundgren... Uh, Ivan Drago when they fight in America and mm -hmm. unfortunately I think they were scraping the barrel with the fifth one you know but I mean any of those scenes the montages oh, if you have not listened to any of the montages in the gym you're a <laughs> you're a liar you know <laughs> yeah so the Rocky the Rocky films are always going to be legendary especially you know I remember we were traveling and playing in uh, basketball in, in Philly we had to go do the you know the uh, the run up the stairs just like Rocky in the film and you know <laughs> it's an American thing you have to if you're in Philadelphia you got to run the steps yeah I mean is it is it the story apparently is true with him in terms of he didn't he have the the script for it and he wanted to sell it to the I think the producers and stuff and they did they uh, looked at it a couple of times or something and then offered him X amount but he was adamant that he wanted to to sort of star in the role and that was you know that first Rocky was his sort of that was his coming uh, yes like well that was his first yeah. movie wasn't yeah, it yeah, so yeah. Um, I've heard that actually yeah I could I could sit and watch them watch them over and over again it's uh, it's, it's the, the fight like the fighting scenes for, for me in any boxing movie is just I don't know something for me is just is uh, mesmerizing I don't know what it is about it, but we were we were talking as well um, about other fighting movies. I was talking about you know the the fighter with um, oh Mickey uh, Ward, um, Matt Wahlberg, yeah, mm -hmm. great film, um, and as well Tom Hardy, Warrior, another MMA. Yeah, it's I mean the, 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 what I don't like um, about uh, Warrior. Have you have you seen Warrior? You I actually, haven't seen Warrior. No, so it's a, it's a good one. It's it. It's what, two, two brothers. That... They're two brothers who get where whatever happens to their parents and they're separated and there's no contact for a long time. Yeah. Okay. And then there's like a, they basically want to try and build up the, the world of mixed martial arts. So they're like, yeah, we're going to host a three-day tournament, knockout, you fight, you know, you or yeah. no, it's like a two-day tournament. You yeah. fight twice a night. If you win, you go on to the next round. If you win, yeah. you go through to the second day. Like it's pretty, okay. pretty heavy stuff. Like, obviously, obviously, obviously it's, it's fictional, you know, yeah. but um, <laughs> Kurt Angle's in it actually as one of uh. the, as one of the guys, another, another legend from the world of wrestling. <laughs> um, um, and one of them is a guy who, was very talented growing up. He's then gone into the army. He's then gone AWOL and has then gone gone rogue, shall we say. Yeah. The other guy's a chemistry teacher and yeah. that's what I don't like about it because with the greatest amount of respect to these guys who, you know, get in the cage, you know, they, they're not... They're, they're, you know, they're not they're not from the, the church. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't mean that in a, in a sort of, you know, causing trouble sort of way. I just mean they are from a very rough you know they have uh, a lot of these guys who are very successful do have a rough story mm -hmm. especially the brazilian guys and stuff you know growing up in the favelas and stuff where it's it's like the wild west out there isn't yeah. it and you know that journey i just hope it doesn't think that someone can be a 
a teacher in a school and then go off and do that's it. The thing, you know, fight at <laughs> the weekend, you know. The thing. In, I think in the movie, I think he, he's almost threatened with being fired because yeah. he's showing up to school with a black eye. Okay. And um, that's the thing. I think the, he, the, at least the teacher, he's struggling for money as well. That's why he enters. He is at, at the start, I think his wife doesn't even know he's still fighting. Oh, he says he's a bouncer, doesn't he? Yeah, he says he's, he's a, a bouncer. bouncer. That's why he gets punched. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, he's trying to get money on the side as well as teaching, and he doesn't tell his wife. And then I think later on, as what she sort of finds out. But great film, yeah, really good, good film. Well, we'll give you a list of them to crack on with. Jordan, we had a quick chat before we uh, before we came on, and you said Friday Night Lights. Ah, uh, yeah, Friday Night Lights, another uh, legendary football movie for me. Just growing up and playing football when I was younger, and you know, seeing that, and and it's more of a serious movie. Obviously, because in uh, Texas, where they come from, in West Texas, is football is is like religion. Yeah, religion. There is the holy, you know, holy grail, Bible, everything like that. They eat, sleep, and you know, breathe yeah. football. And, and that movie, just you know, from Booby Miles to actually at the end of the movie, um, you know, where they lose. Uh, it's, you know, kind of a different. It's not like every uh, American movie cliche where you know yeah. they come out victorious. Is a true story, obviously, but you know where they come out victorious on the end, they they lose, and I think it's uh like I I mean I was crying almost at the end, just like I thought they were actually gonna win, and then have you, have you, have you you've seen <laughs> it, seen oh, it, oh, uh, mate? Yeah. It'll be like God. I wish I'd gone to school in America, you know. <laughs> not that yeah. But it's uh, no, it's very. You know, they've got the small town where you know the talk is that the coach gets paid more than the the principal at the school definitely, doesn't he and their, oh, yeah. their stadiums immaculate pumped out every friday night it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing it's, it's insane amazing. in america is the the like college football stadiums how big they are like they get they get oh, more yeah. people than like like i mean there's some of them that are almost i think i want to even say up to a hundred thousand people so oh, yeah the biggest the biggest well, the, well actually it's funny you should say that because the, one of the biggest one is a place called the swamp which is florida have you seen that new documentary on netflix i haven't oh no. boys you need come to on. see this okay <laughs> so, <laughs> it basically talks about when they went through that golden period mm -hmm. um and like the coach would you know was trying to get them away from that you know the you know going out in the beers and stuff yeah. so we'd organize their training sessions like late in the evening and at midnight and right. stuff so he could Classic. basically keep taps on them and they're at i mean they're absolute animals and stuff and these guys yeah they build up this this team and uh it's it's, it's very 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 cool stuff and it just talks about like you know, hundred and ten thousand people going to watch. Yeah, this, that's insane it's pressure. Insane. That's how how, was, how does that work with where you were at? Um, does did they have a big um, college football team as well? So actually, my university didn't have college football. So really? oh yeah, which I'm actually grateful for because you know, uh, with football and basketball, you yeah. know, you can butt heads. Do, but that's what I was going to say. Yeah, Do you get big, some of the big colleges which have big teams in in both of them? Yeah, definitely. So I I had friends. Um, that went to Kansas, you know, Kansas is big football. They're not great, but still big football and big, obviously bigger for basketball. Yeah. And you'd hear, I mean, just normally you hear about fights between them, you know, you Jesus. go out to parties and such yeah. like this. So it's not a case of, football yeah, let's, and, let's go and watch the football guys play. They wouldn't go and watch each other play. Or stuff it, like I that. mean, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, you know, some, some guys were, you know, closer friends, but and most of the time I hear, yeah, it's, you know, it's a battle out there. You know, you got your, like for us, it was, basketball and soccer some were friends but mostly there was a little rivalry there and you know that rivalry was over specific things but <laughs> in wales it's uh rugby and hockey i don't know why but there was always beef but and the thing is 
the rugby would always win. Because That's a hockey big over there. It's, I wouldn't say it's, not ice it's, hockey as well. To be clear, field hockey. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, so field hockey is is quite big in in the UK. Um, a lot of the girls do as well. Um, but basically, because in in Wales, rugby is like religion as well. So all the funding goes towards the rugby. Because mm-hmm. they're the, the the team they have, they're the first team that plays in like the highest uh, division in in uni rugby, which brings in money as well. Yeah. So th- it's wow. sort of a, a cycle where they pump money into the rugby because the money uh, the rugby brings in money. So mm-hmm. there's always a higher budget. Always the new equipment goes to the rugby. All the the best times on the pitch goes to the rugby. The uh, all the socials, right? They'll rent out a club, and you know it'd be for the rugby, like. So there's always there's always beef because um, all the other societies don't get any yeah. get, get a look in because all the rugby gets everything. Yeah. So, and that, I mean, just sorry to go go back to to football like that that is the thing. Football is billion dollar in the U.S. Exactly, spread, yeah. and this is in college billions of dollars they bring in. But yeah. like the the tailgating culture, I don't know if you guys have ever the, tailgated. Like the, the, well, never party before. You, you, I think you'd be a big no, fan I'm of this. I think you would be there. You yeah. know, bright and early, you yeah. know, because I, I've had friends, or I mean, even myself, uh, yeah. I go to a university that had a big uh, football culture. You're up at like 6:30 a.m. Getting ready, playing you know beer pong out on the lawn outside, crack of dawn. Everybody's I might have to getting ready year, for. Might have to do a year abroad. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have to. So, uh, um, they, got, they got any rugby clubs for me? Jordan, just uh, I mean, I, I know we said we talk about the movies and stuff like that, but I just want to dive into um, a few things about sort of going into that sort of American sports culture. When you talk about Division One, okay, how many schools? would play in division one wow uh or, or what makes you a division one school uh i think it's um honestly i don't i don't know the que- the answer to to what makes you you have to apply with the ncaa yeah and i think they have um, a criteria that, a criteria you, have that okay. you have to meet obviously so, with um like facilities and and funding and whatnot like this obviously but uh and yeah the, recently i think there's over a Almost there's almost 400 Division One Jesus. schools, yeah, and then you have obviously Division Two, II, Division Three, Junior College. But can yeah. you, you know, because when you say Division One, Division Two, yeah. Division Three, that would imply that you can move up the divisions. But it's not a case of if you win Division Two, you got. Oh no, we don't. We don't. Like no, we don't do it like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, for me, it makes it more interesting. Otherwise, you know, you just same team kind of just sucks and you stay in the your conference because it's all yeah. they have conferences everybody's divided into conferences and you play like this but uh but yeah it's um it's the criteria so once you're in division one you you're always in division one yeah it's like ring fence then what yeah, they do with the so yeah, yeah it's basically closed shop once you as long i guess as long as you continue to meet the criteria do you ever get teams get bumped down i, I get no. i can't imagine you do because people just keep no yeah no once you get once you like you've yeah been accepted into you know being a division one university then uh, then you can't and is but is there that much of a difference between div one and div two like would you get guys who go from div two and might try and go for the nba draft or is that yeah definitely i mean you see um oh why can't i think of his name for the miami heat right now um i can't think of his name this is escaping me right now um but a guy from miami heat started off in division three transferred division one played one year in division one but like division three he absolutely killed it so he went division one played one year won a national title and now he's 
you know, playing in the, in the, the NBA, the Miami play. Heat. And, you know, you get, you get some stories like this where, you know, there's guys that whether or not, you know, they, they have uh, reasons to stay close to home or things don't work out and, you know, they, they choose to, to, you know, go to Division three or Division two or whatnot, but they have the level. Yeah, there's there's stories like that. There's a lot of guys. There's so many players, you know. So, but there are also then, obviously, you get teams Division One level that have you know a group of guys that are obviously able to play at that level, and then you play against some Division Two, II, Division Three teams that yeah the level is a little bit lower for them. Yeah. Then you see the difference in that. But sometimes yeah you got yeah you got two three players that can. Yeah, they can play at the Much at the higher. highest level, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. playing, you know, lower for that for whatever personal reasons or yeah. whatever it could be. And then the other one I was going to ask you about is you often hear them talk about double A or triple A. Uh, you're speaking. Uh, that's, that's is that uh, American football? Uh, yeah, that's uh, American football. There's double A schools and um, which I I don't honestly. <laughs> yeah, I never I never looked into that um or understood that exactly. But I mean, then they have. You have double A, triple A for uh, I know baseball, yeah. like our minor league system. But is, is there like a classification system for basketball as well? When you talk about like high school and stuff like that. Ah, uh, well, yeah, in high school, then there's classifications that goes by the uh, size of your school. So my my school was one of the biggest in my state. So we were, um, or were we four A, and then there's yeah three A two. So when, when you say four A, well, how many students are we talking go there? We only had I think. 1500 okay yeah, 2000 almost something like this so not huge but it's quite interesting because ultimately in america the i guess the structure in place is never going to change you know you're not going to be no. able to come in and reform it that's how it is yeah you have to accept yeah. that um and i mean we've got it's funny because obviously there's a big push with the mlr with the rugby and they're trying to almost replicate that um really system with like having a draft and stuff like this but it okay. it just doesn't work yeah. do you know what i mean you're how, how does it work then where people get yeah onto these teams then if they're like so professionally professionally so like if, if, you one, were, yeah. if you were playing i mean in most pretty much in anywhere in the world you'll have your you'll have your hometown club it's your amateur okay. club so where yeah. are you do you live down in esh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So your your hometown club would be Esh. Mm -hmm. You would be in uh, Senningerberg. Oh no, Niederamvon. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I would be in. Um, I'd be in Contern, and you would you'd play for the club as an amateur. That would yeah. be your club. Okay, yeah. And then as you progress, you might play representative um, rugby or something like that for your you know for the the, the region which could be the city okay. or it could be, yeah, or the, or the county. And then from county, and again, this is just a UK model, you'd then go up to regional. From regional, you then go up to national team as an underage player. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to that level, that's when you're starting to turn heads and you've got, well, to be honest, actually, it's funny you ask this question because the professional game in England's a bit of a shambles at the moment. We've, they've run out of money. I think there's really? three, three clubs have gone bust in the last 18 months. And apparently there's a fourth one on the radar I was that. reading about. Yeah. Um, so just on that as well, they have um, a, a salary cap in the Premiership. So for a whole squad, I think you're allowed about five and a half million to pay salaries for the whole That's squad it. of players. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. And if you get oh, caught wow. going over, which a team did, well, they didn't go technically. They didn't go over the salary, but basically what they were doing, I think, was 
um, giving players, so they're paying them the salary, the legal amount, but then they're giving them like you houses, know, cars, houses, and stuff like cars, <coughs> shares I mean, in in, a, in or stocks and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, they got caught, they got relegated straight away. Yeah, they came um, back up. No well, yeah, they won the league below and then came back up, yeah. but they missed two years of playing in in Europe. Top, top flight, so they're really yeah. strict. Oh yeah, yeah well, there, and that's but... the thing, and it doesn't really make sense as well because when they go and play in Europe against the the, the Irish, Scottish, French um, clubs, uh, Welsh clubs, they all have different rules. Well, they have no salary cap. There's no salary cap in say, France, well, so that's yeah. Yeah, so, you had, so yeah. as he said, your budget, so the amount you can pay um, yeah. your players over the course of the year in England is set at about five and a half million or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. France, they have a lot more. In Ireland, they have a lot more. Well, they have a different system now. I think they have the uh, centralised contract. So I think the Irish Federation sorts out contracts for the for the Irish players. So they sort of, I think they get paid from directly from the Federation. But it's, I think that's <laughs> thing. It's all, it's all confused. It all doesn't. It's, it's, it's quite interesting with, with Ireland what happens if you play your entire season in Ireland, you are given all the money that you are pay, that you paid in tax during your professional career. You're giving it back at the end of your playing career. Oh, okay. So that's so, why they try and encourage them. Yeah. Encourage them to stay. On the flip side, in France, what you do is if you go to France and you retire for the following two years in France, mm-hmm. you will get paid your playing, what salary you are on for the next two years by the government it's like your chômage your sports chômage and stuff so you see you hear of more and more guys going to France to because they know you know if they get a half decent contract they're sort of going to be able to sort of sustain you know have, yeah. have sustainable wages for, yeah. for the and, next couple and, of years and, and, and their salary is higher because they mm-hmm. don't have the limits on it in France also one of the rules as well that some uh, federations do they say if you're not playing in that uh, so for example for England if you're not playing in England you're not eligible for selection for the national team so you've got to be playing oh. in england to play for england okay. to make to keep the you know their home league as strong as possible because they don't mm-hmm. want players leaving right yeah. but uh, uh, i think they're gonna have to change that law there so there's some countries that do like if you've got i don't know 50 games for or is it i don't know how much it is for wales i think it's like if you've got over 35 or 50 games for wales you can play abroad, abroad and, still get, and still get selected same with south africa okay. The, South Africa don't have a policy in place they can, not, you can uh, play wherever you want well there you go um, well that's the thing I think they gave up because there was no money in South Africa so they, all the South Africans went to France went to England went to mm-hmm. uh, Ireland and stuff and that's the same thing that's happening with the English players they've all we've got a, a massive um, uh, amount exodus of exodus uh, yeah that's of the players. exodus yeah. exodus of players to, to, to France but now officially they're not allowed to play for England they're all, there's a lot of them playing in France now uh, and they're not allowed that. to be pay, yeah, uh, they picked they will change it yeah. Yeah. well they well, have to why the salary cap though no one it's, else is doing this and it, it's that is a very good question in, in if, if it was just a domestic competi- uh, competition it would make perfect sense because ultimately you've got your 12 teams your 14 teams right. everyone's got the same amount of money if you want to go and get Mr Jordan Hicks here on a million you know pounds a year that's fine but you've got to get the rest of your squad put together. But they actually, there is another rule that you can have one player. The marquee player. Your marquee player oh, who is outside the salary cap. So like in the MLS, they have bucks. actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they, the guy, the, the big guy who was... so weird at training. It's like you're all coming in all on normal salaries. You mm-hmm. know, Mr. Mr. Money Mr. Bags from overseas. Hey, if you want to read a cool story, there's a guy called Semi Rodrada. 
Money. Um, Lots of money. He is amazing. He plays for Fiji. He basically, uh, the story behind him, he played for Fiji in the under-20s World Cup. Now, that's all boys from the islands, yeah. you know, don't have boots and stuff, grew up playing with a, a water bottle and stuff, uh, you know, like a bottle of water just filled with sand and stuff. It's it's really, you know, you talk about poverty and Rest stuff like yeah. that. Um, and he tore up for, he, he went away with... Um, in France, wasn't he? Uh, oh, no, he no, no. the league before that. Well, yeah, exactly. He 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 went away with the Fijian under twenties, yeah. and obviously the Aussies are all looking over at him. And basically, an agent rang him up and told him, uh, "There's an NRL club who are interested in in you called the Parramatta Eels, massive, massive NRL club." But they were actually looking at him for under twenties, um, and he at the time he was actually working down in the coal mine like down the shaft digging coal and stuff you know and he so he flew he flew out to Sydney and the guy put the contract in front of him and he didn't even look he didn't even look what the money was he just signed it straight away gone so within very very quickly he's bang he's up playing first grade um, which is mental Um, and then he got a huge offer to go and play rugby union in France he went to Bordeaux and mm-hmm. then he uh, he got the big money move. He, he went to Bristol. At, he was at Toulon first. Was oh it? yeah, he went to Toulon, so Bristol and Toulon, and then oh, no Bordeaux Toulon. and Toulon, and yeah. then he went to Bristol, Bristol, and now he's back in France playing. But um, he's a freak of nature. He's- really interesting. So, guy, one of my good mates from uni uh, was a very very good prop. Retired from playing is a doctor. He was a team doctor for Fiji. Yeah. Um, out at the the Rugby World Cup, and he said, "You want to be around these lads? It is li- they are out there having fun. Yeah, like oh, yeah. the they have the superstars who come in who play at all the French clubs, but then you do literally have some of the boys from the village who are just like, oh, wow. you know, just yeah. enjoying themselves. Oh, just living. Li- when you yeah. talk about living the dream, just yeah, being out 100%. there. Was it F- Fiji have only won two Olympic medals ever, and I think they're both in." Uh, sevens rugby, the yeah, rugby. Yeah, yeah. never won a medal before and then they win gold yeah, yeah. At, at the sevens it sounds like Same. a movie we're going to be talking about yeah, I, oh, I yeah. Think <laughs> they, in the coming years they made a documentary a documentary the guy okay, English guy another good one for a guy Ben Ryan basically he went and did it but I don't think he ever actually got paid because that's how you know, very very corrupt in terms of the money and how it's all Take farmed out and stuff yeah 100% and it shows him going out and he was like he couldn't like these guys were just physical specimens and stuff and he was like if I can just get them fit and he'd be like you know why isn't this guy turned up to training and he's like oh yeah I had to look after my mum you know Uh, and it's just they're you know they're real family orientated players and stuff and then basically um, yeah the big story about how they they obviously go to the Olympics they're crushing it and then Apparently, if you're ever in the tunnel against them and they're messing around and laughing, it's like, you know, you're going to get absolutely hammered by these yeah. boys because when they're when they're good spirits, you know, they don't need yeah. to be, you know, in the zone or anything like yeah. that. They just they're just out there having fun and stuff. And but no, it's very that's very what, yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, definitely good call. There will be a there will be a movie about that. One. Um, another one for you on the the American sport is Coach Carter. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, Sam, Samuel L. Uh, turning heads there as well. He's, he's getting old, you know. I didn't. He Very doesn't look old. it. He doesn't look. He's like seventy or something. Yeah. He looks still about forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Coach Carter, very, very, very cool f- film. You know, the whole. I guess for those guys to try and get out of Richmond and sort of putting the academics, mm-hmm. the academics forward for it and stuff like. Well, you've obviously watched it, and you're from a basketball. Yeah. 
basketball background, so that probably hits home quite hard, does it? Or I mean, I I had uh, teammates that came from you know rough backgrounds like that. I fortunately had a pretty solid you know uh, background, but I had you know teammates like my roommate you know came from a a rough background where you know it's hard for some guys to you know they get out of there, but those habits you know keep on pulling them back and. You know, to, it's, a, it's a culture shock, especially, too, when they come to college after, you know, leaving like that. Now, they're, they're still in high school in the movie, obviously. And so, but it's, you know, Coach Carter, he's building that foundation with them. And you see the change in their, you know, their whole, you know, way of um, way of uh, thinking from uh, from beginning to, to the end, you know, and, and coming together as a team, especially the, the scene where, um, what's his name? I think it's Cruz or... Oh yeah, um, he's in old school. <laughs> he's so yeah. good. He's a, he's a great he actor. Is. But yeah, Timo yeah. Cruz, I know he's yeah, there, yeah, 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 there, yeah, yeah. And you know he has to do an impossible feat of what is it? Uh, oh, the push-ups and the suicides. Yeah. Disgusting, isn't Suic- it? A thousand suicides yeah. and like yeah, twenty-five hundred push-ups. Yeah. Just insane and, and like. What, a week or something like yeah. that and he gets so close to, to finishing it and he he's only like I don't know a few hundred short on both and his teammates Channing Tatum the first one steps in you know obviously and it's like you know it's a team one of us is you know going through something and whatever we all going through it and yeah. it's uh yeah and they they all step up and they're like I'll do push-ups I'll do suicides and they you know they come together and that's kind of build that that brotherhood you see and I mean it's pretty it's pretty deep when you talk about how I mean that's just one instance of guy yeah. having uh, I guess success but on a non-sporting level in terms of more you know deeper in these guys being able to go off and further their education and ultimately mm-hmm. get out get out of dodge so to speak yeah but I'd imagine there's hundreds thousands of instances of coaches trying to get these kids to realize that you know this is your your ticket out of Definitely out of here and definitely. Uh, I mean, just a personal like. I'm grateful my high school coach. Um, like I said, I had a good upbringing, but still, I was a little. I was kind of a troublemaker, and I had a tear away. Yeah, I had, but I had potential in uh, my first year of high school, and you know, but I was getting in, into trouble. I was at the wrong crowd, and you know, I was getting suspended and and whatnot. And yeah, he just kind of brought me into his office. You know, I didn't know him at the time. And because I wasn't on the team, but um, he uh, he was like, "Hey, look, you know, you got a lot of potential, but you know, it's, how do you want people to see you off the basketball court? You know, you can do everything on the court, but you know, it's who you are as a man, you know, a young man off the basketball court." And that, like at that age, you know, no one had really sat me down and like you know, kind of told this to me and made me realize that, and it kind of just changed my whole my whole thought process on things. It's about, funny. It's funny how you 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 get people like that and there's instances mm-hmm. in that time at the time you probably don't value it until you move further down the line and that's why it's easy for me to say you know obviously I haven't asked you that question directly but to have those instances where people have said something which has really resonated with you yeah. for for whatever reason sorry Anton just just before I, I finish it um is that big in 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 you know because ultimately as you say you know you're trying to draft these players from high school to go to college to to come to the schools and stuff but you're going to ultimately take people on who you know have you know got um you know baggage shall we say and and stuff do they have people to help you manage that or is that very much on the coach to try and build that relationship that rapport with them and and ultimately get them on the the straight and narrow 
it's a it's a bit of both, you know, because you spend so much time with the coach and whatnot. He he has to, you know, try to make an effort to learn. Or you know, not all coaches do. That's what assistant coaches come in, and you know, because you have different guys that you build a relationship. Um, you become closer with certain coaches, you know, assistant coaches, or maybe it's the head coach. But you know, it's it's a bit of both with the coaching staff. But then also there's people within the, the athletic department that you know you can kind of look to that help. You know help the, these players or, you know, these guys kind of make it easier for them to find a rhythm and, you know, and... Because if you're relaxed, things, you're relaxed outside of it, you're hopefully going to excel when you're, when exactly, you're playing, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, exactly. For, for a, a lot of professional um, sports now, they have sports psychologists for the team. Yeah. To, to, I know, I know they do in with the, the England rugby team, basically um, anything from, you know, how's it, how's it going at home to goal setting with them preparing them like uh, to get them prepared mentally how to deal with pressure and stuff like that it's huge in sport um uh, the psychology behind it i mean you can ask anyone who's played sport before like i'd say at least you know um 10 15% of how you play it's, it's all in your head like mm -hmm. you can prepare yourself physically and do all that but a lot of it comes down to mentally if you're if you're switched on or if you're um a bit mentally fragile it can it can make or break yeah, 100%. Um, I mean it's it's quite interesting and I'll, I'll I'll talk about someone like LeBron James here who's you know still <laughs> tearing up trees and stuff like that yeah. but when you talk about how uh, and we use the example of the American sports because they are ahead in terms of that professionalism the yeah. money that's gone to it the science that's oh, now in behind science, it you know yeah. but it's almost like it's and again, this is just my opinion. It's almost like the things you've reeled off there, Anton. It's almost become too much. And yeah. it's like, you know, would someone like Michael Jordan, how would you, because you, it's very difficult to compare it because the games are in terms of the, um, you know, the uh, the provision that's available now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the uh, the documentary with him, uh, The Last Dance, mm -hmm. and, the, and the stuff he's doing in the gym. And it's like, Wow, that's that's old school stuff, you know, because we, we weren't aware of it. But, you know, it, it got him to where he needed to be. But could you take those guys and make them train and do all the sports science and do all the testing and all this sort of thing? But, you know, you would argue that these guys maybe had more of a, a feel for the game when they were, you know, a bit, yeah. um, you know, at their stage in their careers. Whereas now, because we're so focused on peaking, you know, and, and playing at 100%, very hard to do that. You aren't going to get. I don't think you're going to get many people that will play as long as someone like LeBron James Absolutely because I, I just don't think you can. I just don't think you can manage it. Oh, not many people. Yeah, can yeah manage that body. Obviously, is everybody's different, you know. And you can put as much money and and whatnot into into your body. And I don't know. Yeah, it it works. And then other times, you know. But also, it comes into a mental aspect as well. You see a lot of players now with you know all the everybody's so. Um, there's there's so much eyes and everything you see everything that people are doing now and always exposed with social media that's like that's the difference as well from back in the day yeah. to now it's 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 huge isn't it social media the impact it has on You're under a microscope yeah that's the everything um actually um when we're talking about the the sports science aspect of it um one uh just to put into context for for rugby how like what well, when did rugby go professional 95 95 so recently yeah that's not know? long so um in well, that's a funny thing as well because we've—I think we spoke about this before. But to me, B 
being professional isn't getting paid to play. No. To me, it's being able to, that's your livelihood. That's, you know, you make enough money to just do that. There's a, there's a subtle wow. difference. Okay. Because I think yeah. if you're getting yeah. a couple hundred euros a match, that's not, that's no, not professional no, to me because you can't live off that, no, can you? No, you know, but, so when we say professional, yeah. that's when full-time contracts were handed out, yeah. but I say people have been getting paid for years oh, yeah. in, in, mm -hmm. in rugby, you know. Sorry, but, Anton. But, yeah, no, we're talking as well about how, like, in America, they're leading the way with in sport, with this uh, sports science and the, the amount of um, sort of behind-the-scenes work they do. If in rugby, um, from what I understand, um, when Sir Clive Woodward took over with England, um, he basically started this whole like we're gonna because before it was you got a head coach and maybe you've got a, a backs coach and maybe a forwards coach and that's it yeah right? and then mm -hmm. you know there'd be a team doctor a physio uh, and that that's it yeah. it'd, be, it'd be a group of you know five to ten people behind the scenes he was like no nah, none of that we're gonna have we're gonna have a head coach backs coach forwards coach uh, kicking set coach, kicking yeah, coach yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna have we're gonna have physios we're gonna have warm-up team we're gonna have uh, analysts, sports analysts, mm -hmm. we're going to have a uh, guy on stats, we're going to have everything, right? We're going to, every inch, every percent, we're going to get out of this team. And then, you know, I mean, I think Sir Clive Woods is a bit of a prick, but he went <laughs> on to win the World Cup. So, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he sort of, and he started this sort of like, um, it's not Sipa Club anymore. It's, you're playing national team rugby, right? It's professional now. We're going to have, you know, if we need 30, 40, 50 support staff, we're going to do that. And you look at all the other teams. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. England went out. They they won the World Cup. They were the fittest team. You know, they they they, they um, did really well. And then you look at nowadays, everyone does it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't... Yeah. At the time, he was getting funny looks. He's like, why do we need... Why are we looking at, like, laptops, uh, f game footage for two hours before... before uh, you got to so, upset the apple cart at some point. Yeah. <laughs> And um, but that's the thing. All the teams do it now. They're, I mean, you look at uh, there's only 23 players in rugby that actually play the game, and I want to say there's at least you know 40 staff. Yeah. Staff you know, bigger than yeah than the teams now. Everyone, yeah. I mean, it's even teams now insane. even have like referees as part of the squad. There's a what, um really is it Mathieu Renard? No, the other French, whatever his name is, one yeah. of the French refs. He's part of the French rugby staff federation he's retired now he doesn't okay. he doesn't reference so he can obviously keep them up to so when, when the regulations uh, so when they're in training like he, he's like when they're in training they have an official referee if they need to do like um scrimmages uh, and, and, and a, yeah basically yeah, so that they're prepared their training under match conditions with a, a, a official uh referee yeah it's every um, little inch every tiny percent you know yeah and that's um, the thing oh sorry no that's, no go on but that's, that's the thing too you talk about the sports science but then also goes into the analytics yeah. of the sports and huge you no. know and i remember like my coach in college he he came in halfway through my career and we were in the film room every day for an hour and we had notebooks yeah we had uh it was called he called it culture and we had terminology that we had to learn day in day out he was like i'm gonna use these words and you have to know them like on the spot you know i ask you this like it has to be just quick you know reflex yeah. and and honestly in watching the film and explaining things and using this terminology and such with that it changed the whole game for me and because you know at first you watch film whatever you you don't really understand but after you know he created this basis and terminology and understanding of the game and um in this sense it it made me a whole nother another player yeah 
I mean, it's it's super interesting. You could do we could go for another hour, lads, about yeah. <laughs> you know going into the the nitty gritty of it all. But again, what I also find interesting is you know I'm, I'm lucky that I sort of seen both sides of it. You know, the more amateur stuff, the more professional stuff as well. But we when we were walking in just to to record tonight, and we're like. You know what people don't put a value on is just three blokes being able just to meet up and chew the cud, you know, and just just chat about, just chat shit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it, I get that it's important to focus on your sport and stuff like that, mm. but also it's you know able to switch yeah. off and not, yeah. and not definitely uh, need that. Yeah, exactly. We always say the best bits when we get back in the car park afterwards because you don't have to do it on live air. You know, <laughs> it's a little more pressure. Right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, any any other ones that jump out to you just as we're looking to. Uh, to sort of finish up here any any films you missed out on any basketball ones that hit home Jordan oh I mean well I have to say Love and Basketball you guys haven't seen this one but it's is it an older one it's an older one from the 90s yeah late 90s about uh, you know it's called Love and Basketball obviously in the title and two uh, two uh, kids that grew up together huge basketball fans and they go off to college they're together in relationship they're you know big time basketball stars and one goes to the NBA and the other, she goes to play overseas because there's no WNBA. They split up. Yeah. They come back at the end of the film. And that's like the part that, you know, I, I like because of my, my lover boy. <laughs> when I, when I first saw it in college, it was the, uh, he's about to get married to a girl that he, she knows he doesn't actually love. And he, she asks him to play one-on-one for his heart. And he's like, all right, like whatever. And what's it? What's it called? Love and basketball. Love and basketball. I'm sticking my list. Yeah, and he absolutely he he crushes her. He dunks on her for the game winning point. Like you <laughs> know, and she's just in disbelief that she actually could win. I don't know against an NBA, but anyways, and she's walking away, and he says, "Double or nothing." And <laughs> there you go, the iconic, you know, moment where I cry and a happy ending. Yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. This. But no, it's a it's a good one. But uh, yeah, loving basketball, and I mean, you've seen Mighty Ducks switching to Mighty hockey, Ducks. Minnesota. I mean, how we haven't what's talked. That, what's that other ice hockey film my Finnish friend showed me? Um, is it like Goons or something? No, what's oh, it? Goonies. No, no, Goonies. No, 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 Goonies is a great no, Goons. One. Is, Nothing. Sorry, Goons. Is it Goons? No, Goonies. Sean William Scott is a more recent one. Have you seen uh, that one? I haven't seen it, but yeah, I know it's about. I mean, he's just a. Uh, well, he's an enforcer, isn't enforcer he? Enforcer on the on the ice. There's yeah. a goon too, as well. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, there, the, there but is. They, the the Mighty Ducks are, I think, are the original trendsetters, aren't they? It's just, uh, of course, uh, it's the Minnesota yeah. man. Yeah. So good, Coach so, Bombay. So good. I th- I think the first like I compare him to to Darth Vader, the uh, the Iceland coach. The oh, Wolf Stanson. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You he's know? he's hardcore he's, in it, isn't he? He was the first guy. I was like, whoa, he's like, okay. He's a bad he's, guy. He's a bad man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As you put, what's, his, what's his name in the film? Sorry. <laughs> um, um, Stanson. They call him Wolf uh, Stanson. Like, You'd have the that, dentist. Like, the, the worst, the worst guy. Wolf Stanson. Darth Vader. Like to be yeah. put up on that I, pedestal. He was up there, you know, because he's first, like, I think the first thing he says, he shouts, like, the ducks are going down, you know, during the press, <laughs> their pre- press conference. And then he comes up in his first interaction, like, with uh, Coach Bombay, he's he's got a very low, to- you know, like tone voice, you know, like, yeah, you know, American, cocky, yeah, I, I like that, <laughs> make our triumph even better, <laughs> and then, you know, just the slick back, all black suit, like. Uh, uh, so a great film that's just come to mind is um, 
Blades of Glory. Have you seen that film? Of course. Such yeah. a Blades, yeah, Blades of Glory. Such you know, I might actually watch that when I go this, home. This is <laughs> gonna, you know, this is going to, I don't really want to say this, but I am going to say it is figure skating a sport. Oh, come on, let's get uh, into this now, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's an absolute, of course, figure skating a school. I love as know? well, that, like they get all so dramatic about the, the move they're trying to do. It's like some oh, the, woman. What's it called? The Flying Lotus? Something Lotus? Yeah. Is it? I can't remember what it's called, and they right. but they watch a video, the video and your man chops <laughs> chops her head off. He's like, yeah, that went that went a bit wrong. <laughs> one uh, one last one, I think. Uh, we'll just finish off with here. Moneyball. Ah, uh, yeah, Moneyball. Yeah, Brad Pitt is uh, is dynamite. Um, what's his name as well? Who's the Jurassic Park guy? No. Um, oh no, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, Jonah Hill, so isn't good, it? Yeah. He's so good. Um, but yeah, the the scene in that where obviously it's it's. The, the the film dramatizes the a lot of it and it yeah. it, it is good watching but mm -hmm. the bit where your man Scott Haddieberg who is the catcher who they sign but his nerves got nerve damage so he can't throw so they want to train him to be a first first baseman because all you have to do isn't it is, is catch at first base isn't it's a little it little bit flexible yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, when he finally the guy um, calls him up to uh, to um, to finally go and hit and then he hits the home run and they go on that streak which has never been yeah. is it like 20 games do they win 20 games it's just it's only it's never been done in in baseball but my oh, mate see baseball just only start me off have you seen the rookie as well no uh, the, yeah the rookie yeah Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, so. this is um, a great film. The rookie uh, is where a guy uh, is like a hot prospect for who is it? He's a famous actor. It's going to uh, annoy yeah. me. Who? It's not Harrison Ford. He looks. Oh, no, he looks. Like yeah, him. he looks kind of like him, but I can't tell you his name though. Day after tomorrow. Who's in that? He's in that. Oh, that's a great film as well. Yeah, but it's nothing uh, to do with sport. Yeah. What's his name? Pull it up. Pull up. Uh, <laughs> pull up the, the pull, cast. Pull up a Dutch. The cast of uh, of the rookie yeah. there. But basically, the rookie uh, is a guy. Yeah, he's a good, good, good ball player or good pitcher, but then can't, you know, doesn't quite make it to, in to the minor leagues or anything. And then he that's is good. coaching his high school, and he doesn't he fall off a ladder and crack his shoulder or something. I think, I think he has and an then, accident. Yeah, sort. and then all of a sudden. He picks up the ball and absolutely pings it like 100 miles an hour. And then the guys say to him, obviously it's like a real small school, like 100 kids or yeah. something, isn't it? And they're like, you know, coach, if we win state, you know, which isn't that big a deal, you know, but, you know, fair, fair yeah. play to him or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so... Let's go. Dennis Quaid, Dennis come Quaid, on, yeah, I should get that. Right, yeah, Dennis that's Quaid, it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, he... They basically say if they win state, Anton, he will... Um, he will go to a a tryout. Now, is that true? Can you have like for Major League Baseball, and is it the same for basketball? Could you just rock up to an open workout, and they'll watch you and be like, "Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have a look." You know, for guys who aren't in, uh, contracted, or is it, is it is it the same in basketball? Or in basketball, you they do have um, not in the NBA, no, <laughs> no, but uh, it's like the G League, for mine, yeah, for yeah, the G League, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go and you pay, uh, uh, you know, a uh, small fee. And you, they have open tryouts, so yeah, there's a uh, way to make money like ba that. Basically, what goes, <laughs> he rocks up and he actually knows a few of the guys there, and they're like, "What well, you know? Are you are you bringing some of your kids up for a tryout?" He's like, "No, no," and he but he like has the the baby in the pram, yeah. and then he basically uh, now I don't know enough about baseball, but when you pitch it and it hits the mitt in a certain way, it's like if you've ever uh, now I don't know enough about boxing. Right, <laughs> it's, it's like this. If you ever go into a gym, 
Uh, would you know a little bit about boxing as well? Ooh, no, uh, but like more baseball. <laughs> these guys who know these guys who know how to punch properly, yeah. the bag will basically snap. It's a sound that, yeah. and it, and it's like you could go into a gym and bang. If you ping one, everyone in the gym will go, will turn round because yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. just you know it's like someone going and throwing up two hundred kegs yeah. on the on the bench press or something like that. We're like, <laughs> oh, we'll have a watch of this, huh? Yeah. But yeah, it's like that. And so what happens is when the, it hits the glove, everyone literally everyone. You can tell when... Just turns around and is like, yeah, that's fast, whatever that heat. was. Yeah. Um, and then he, he basically gets drafted up to go, then go play in the minors, which sounds horrible, doesn't it? Like the bus trips everywhere and... It's not a good is, is there is there <laughs> Is there any minor stuff like that in the in the basketball world or is it just the G League? It's the, yeah, it's just the G League and then uh, guys go overseas. Yeah. I mean, you can say, but no, yeah, it's just the G League. But baseball is a, is a whole other beast with single A, double A, triple A. Yeah. You spend five you know four or five years in the the farm system and then finally when you're almost 30 you make it to the mlb yeah. you know some of these guys are some guys i know that yeah you don't even make it never out. do make yeah. it um and he, so he plays in the minor leagues he's touring around and then he's basically thinking about uh you know he's not playing that well and then whatever happens yeah he gets called up to the major leagues and it just so happens it's in his hometown and then they all come out and he gets obviously called out but that's another cool thing about the american sport is like you have the big you know, the big, huge baseball stadiums and yeah. like they have their starters and stuff, but sometimes they have to call up a guy from the bench and you literally, you come out the door at the back of the stadium and everyone yeah. can... Yeah, because the pitchers are all back in the bullpen, you know, and a different part, not on the, the main bench. Who, who's the uh, who's the baseball team in Minnesota then? Twins. The Minnesota I, should, I should know that, shouldn't I? Forgive my <laughs> ignorance. You, would you ever go and watch them as well? Oh yeah, and when I go back home, I love to go watch, yeah. Twins Jesus, I, I, bet, I went to watch the Blue Jays. This has got to be like 15, <laughs> 20 years ago, forever. My God, you talk about it taking a long time to get through. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they've actually sped it up. They have a pitch uh, count now, Yeah, a uh, timer. And so the pitchers are under a timer, I think, what is it, 24, 25 seconds, something like this. Oh, really? To kind of speed up the game a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's still... It's still long, but I, I think I went to I went to one baseball game when I went to. People tell me that cricket's slow. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I went, <laughs> I, I went to with my family. Went to New York, and we went and watched the the Yankees. Um, I mean, I was thinking. Thing is, I've only ever seen before. Like, I only ever seen baseball in films where it's just hitting uh, yeah. home runs, yeah. home run, home I mean, run. Yeah, basically, that, it's about the experience, yeah. right? So you're going there, you're drinking with your mates, and you know you're having yeah, you're I having good food, food and the food was exactly. Good. That's, yeah. I was I was I was most excited about the food. There yeah. was every single food you could think of. Yeah, you can and watch. They, were, they have like. 20 TVs mm-hmm. out like where the all the food um, areas are there's just like TVs everywhere so you just, just stay out there yeah, and just really for the gathering yeah. <laughs> food watching it on TV I might stuff. as well have been at home honestly yeah, stuff your face have a few yeah, exactly. beers and so you'll good. you'll catch like a, every three or four innings yeah. <laughs> they have to put like the chants on the big screen so people know where to like cheer yeah. it's brilliant yeah. it's, it's, it's so dun, 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 <laughs> it's a culture yeah dun, 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 dun. that's what I'm going to post this later on when I put it up on that's what I'll put as the music <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jen it's been an absolute pleasure when I post this on social media I'll put a list of all the, the films we've talked about and see if we can drum up yeah. a bit of interest there and you've both got a bit of homework to do before uh, before we next Jordan we'll get you on it's always fun getting you on I actually. love being on here man I'd love to yeah, come back more often we, um, we still need to go for two or three beers at some point and actually I'll speak to Definitely. some about something else after 
afterwards. Um, <laughs> off air. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> always off air. I'll cut this bit. Uh, Jen's absolute pleasure. Um, as always, a huge uh, thank you and shout out to the army of volunteers out there who um, make our sporting world tick. You know, whether it's the coaches having conversations, the awkward conversations, or it's the guy washing the kit, or it's all the support that goes on that we don't hear about. Keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a good thing. You can check out the rest of the team tomorrow um, from 6am. You've got the Sam Steen Show. You've then got Stephen Steps Low at lunchtime at 12 and then Melissa Dalton with the home stretch at 3. Don't forget about Dave Burrows and his DB3 sessions. And then you've also got Sarah Tapp and her hangover show. Until then, it's cheer. Cheer. cheer.